Lecture Topic Gaining Strength Over the Nafs 40 Durud and Salam Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Allah Ahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi kareem Amma ba'd Once again The topic of Allah Ta'ala we discuss Some of the sayings of our Akabir of Ahlullah The discussions of deen are always beneficial. Sometimes a person thinks that I sometimes hear many things in a bayan, but I don't even remember anything. By the time I walk out, I even forgot everything. He used to respond to this by saying that the benefit is nevertheless still attained. In the same manner as a person who has eaten something, so now for a few days prior to that, but that what we, that food, the energy that was absorbed out of that food, that is still in the system. And if a person ate without realizing what he was, he was so busy and grossed in talking and whatever, didn't even realize what, what he ate, having realized he ate also, still reach the so likewise, the talks of deen, whether it is the talim that we participate in, whether it is some majlis, whether it is some other occasion that we participate in some dini majlis. So, one is from our side to do what is necessary. What is necessary, number one, our niyat. The nearer, the niyat must be participating in this gathering so that I may learn something about deen, something that will bring me closer to Allah Ta'ala. And I will make amal upon it because amal is what is the objective at the end of the day through which the main objective is to reach Allah Ta'ala. So Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, he says that hatafal ilmu bil amal. That ilm, it calls out to amal. So now when a person has learned something, so that ilm, it calls out to amal. In other words, like a person now calling somebody, come, I'm here now, you come also. So so to say, that ilm tells amal that, look, I am here already, so you better come along. So now if amal in ajaba, fa in ajaba wa illa fartahal, if amal responds, in other words, now the person makes amal, so very good then, then ilm stays along. And if amal doesn't come, then ilm says, well, I'm going also, it goes away. So ilm, it demands amal. And when a person makes amal, then that ilm stays as well. And the barakat of that ilm comes in. And the barakat of that ilm takes him further in life. Because that brings amal, and that amal becomes a means of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. So ilm is very important. Without ilm, a person can't move in any direction. And if he doesn't have ilm, what is he going to do? If a person doesn't have ilm of the basics, he'll do it wrong. He won't even do it maybe. And then in terms of the fadail, the various different amal, the virtues of it, if he doesn't even know about the virtue, what effort he's going to make to try and practice on it. If a person, for example, doesn't know the virtue of reciting the tasbihat after the first salah, 
So now what effort is going to make to recite it? But he knows the virtue now, he heard about it, so he took it to heart. The very well-known Hadith Sharif, where some Sahaba came and they presented their complaint to Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Complaint in inverted commas, obviously, that uh, the Sahaba who are blessed with wealth, they have now gone ahead because what they are doing, we are doing. Whatever amal we do, they do. The amal they do, we do. Salah, jihad, other amal. But what they do in terms of spending in the path of Allah Ta'ala, we can't do. So they have now surpassed us. Now this competition, in what? In wanting to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. وَفِي ذَلِكَ فَلْيَتَنَافَسِ الْمُتَنَافِسُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, this is something worth competing in. This is what is meant to be competed in. That competing with one another, not to try and leave somebody behind, but this competition helps everybody to move forward. This competition makes everybody get closer. Because everybody is competing for the same end point. It is not to try and show somebody else that I am better, but this helps everyone to spur themselves forward. So now, this competition to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. Competition in dunya is a sure prescription for misery. Because there will always be somebody that will beat him. There is never going to be a time when he is going to be above everybody else in dunya all the time. Maybe some odd occasion in something he surpassed somebody, but tomorrow somebody else will surpass that too. And then he'll find in some other things others are ahead of him. Competition in dunya, in trying to get more dunya and to become more distinguished in dunya. Dunya is to be for the sake of need earned, not something to compete in. Competition in dunya we have been warned about. The Nabi Karim says that the previous nations that the dunya opened out upon them, fatana fasuha. So Nabi Sallallahu got he, he warned the Ummah, I am afraid fatana fasuha kamatana fasuha. You will start competing for the dunya like they competed. And then fatul hikakum kama ahlakatkum. It will destroy you like it destroyed people before you. So competition in dunya too we have been warned against. Yes, a person makes his effort, whatever Allah Ta'ala has decreed for him, Allah will grant him. What's the need to compete with anybody else in dunya? That, that is a sure way of becoming miserable. And as long as a person keeps trying, and dunya is not just confined to wealth, Wealth is dunya also if it is becoming a hindrance in getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. If that wealth is becoming a means of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, that's a ni'mat. But if that's becoming an obstacle, that's dunya. And likewise, anything else that makes a person ghafil, that is all dunya. That makes a person now gets distracted from his true goal. True goal is to get to Allah Ta'ala. Get the closeness of Allah Ta'ala. Gain the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. So anything that comes in the way of this, and if we just look in our entire day, how many things we make into barriers for ourselves. Our actions, our reactions, 
our thoughts that we deliberately bring to heart and mind. So now in any case, coming back to what we were talking about, that now the person who competes in dunya, this is a sure way of being miserable. But competition in deen, for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, to get closer to Him, that is very noble. So these sahaba came, and then they put forward this, that the wealthy sahaba now are surpassing us. So Nabi Karim said to them that I will teach you something, that no matter what somebody else does, they will not be able to come to the reward that you will gain through this amal. And then he taught them the tasbihat ten times, subhanallah, ten times alhamdulillah, ten times Allahu Akbar. So they went off very very happy after every salah. But then after a while they came back, they said the other sahaba learned this as well. Hadith we've discussed many times. So the Nabi's often taught them that, okay, you recite now 33 times each, and Allahu Akbar 34 times, nobody can surpass this. But after a while they came back, they said they also heard about it now. So they still, they're doing this as well, plus they're spending their wealth in the path of Allah Ta'ala. So we still can't compete with them, because they're ahead. So Nabi Kareem Salaam then recited the ayat of Allah Ta'ala, ذَلِكَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ يُعْتِهِ مَنْ This Allah Ta'ala's grace, He grants to who He wishes. And Allah Ta'ala gives somebody something more in one way, gives somebody else something else more in another way. Everything is not to be judged in the same manner. So in any case, that ilm now, if a person doesn't even have the ilm, that this is such a great virtue, how is he going to make amal on it? So ilm is essential, but ilm is not just for the sake of ilm, ilm is for the sake of amal. So now he's got the ilm, now he's making amal on it, now that ilm will stay also. And there'll be barakat in it. And that amal now will become a means of gaining closeness to Allah Ta'ala. So, the point we started off on was that the discussions of deen, even if a person, now the ilm, he learnt it, but sometimes he forgets it also. In a bayan, so many things will come around. Generally, we're not going to remember everything. But when the occasion comes, it will trigger the mind. If a person, now one was the niyat, the niyat was correct, the niyat was to learn, to practice. And then, there is talab. In listening to the talks of deen, there is talab. There is the true seeking. Is that want. There are many things that are wants. We want a lot of things. And many of our wants are not really something that are should be wants. But those wants, we make them into needs. And then if those things don't seem to come around, it's like as if our needs haven't been fulfilled. It's just our wants, just our desires. So in any case, the point is that that talab, so when there's genuine, sincere talab, the niyat is right, that Allah Ta'ala inspires the heart with the tawfiq of amal. So, now the person learned it, he'll forget also, but the benefit of it will still be in the system somewhere. Just like that food he ate and forgot what he ate, but the benefit is in the system. Likewise, this benefit is in the system. A lot of times, many things, 
the benefit remains in the system. Even though it was a specific effort that a person made. Now for example, one person had a smoking habit. Smoking habit is not a good habit, obviously. One person wanted to know but why. There's many other things also. People eat certain things which are harmful foods, but they just eat it and carry on with it like nothing. Nobody tells them that this is bad. So, now when person wants to argue a point, then you'll always have some way of arguing it. If a person wants to learn something, he wants to ask something in order to improve, to progress, then he won't require any lengthy, detailed discussions. Certain things are common sense. Anybody can understand it. But if a person is trying to find some loophole in something, then he'll have a lot of questions. And there will always be some loophole. So in any case, now this person now wanted now some clarification, wanted some detail. So in one is a person asking something to learn. That kind of question, there's an answer to it. And the other is a person is asking a question, but the question is meant to be an objection. So it is in the form of a question, but the reality of it is it's an objection. But the objection is being presented as a question. The difference is the person asking to learn, he asks on the background of, I don't know, please teach it to me. And an objection comes on the background of, you don't know, you need to understand, but I'm going to ask it as a question. So it's not in so many words, but that's the mindset. The mindset is you don't realize it, you are mistaken. And what I'm doing, what I'm saying, I'm aware of it. Even if I'm making a mistake, doesn't matter to me, but that's the background I'm coming from. So now when the purpose is an objection, then the answer to the objection is, Either the person can bypass it, we keep quiet about it. So now this too was coming clearly as an objection. So the person now was being advised, you should stop this. She said, but why it's wrong? So now, the other various arguments, but there are many other things, there are harmful foods people eat all the time, and nobody regards it as harmful. So this is just a stress reliever. That's what now, all these things now, stress reliever, subhanAllah. New, new terminologies for everything. So then I asked him one question. I said, okay, be honest about this. Uh, to start off with, how long you now smoking? Since when you started smoking? So, okay, so many years ago. Uh, as a teenager. So because of smoking, how many times you had to lie? Did you have to lie any time? So he said, yeah, well, many times. Or sometimes to duck and dive out of his parents. Now they maybe detected something, or lied about that, or lied. But as a res- result of that smoking habit, several times or many times this happened that he lied. So is lying a small sin or a major sin? It's a major sin. So I told him that I'm still waiting to ask somebody who has a smoking habit. And he says he didn't have to lie about it somewhere. Not that it, not, it won't be anybody out there, but meaning there's such an overwhelming majority of people who lied about it. Somewhere down the line. 
They might be the rare person who was smoking but never had the occasion to lie about it. So something that leads to this, just this one aspect, forget everything else. Something that almost always leads somewhere to the person lying, can that be good? She said, okay, I understood now, I'm going to give it up. So, chalo, alhamdulillah, something came to his mind, he accepted. So in any case, now the issue came about how to give it up. So now the giving up required now. So one way of giving up, says, well, okay, cut down slowly, gradually. That's one way of also, the person is for so many years caught up in a habit. So now gradually cutting down, cutting down. So now many a person, they're genuine, they're sincere, they want to give it up. They're cutting down, and then cutting down, and they started cutting back again, cutting down. And over time, the time was getting cut, but the habit wasn't gone. Habit was still there. But they were trying, they were genuine. And there were those who decided, and many such people, who decided that no such thing as cutting down, it's cut out. So now, these are the two ways to go about it. So ask him which one you want to choose. So those people, mashallah, are trying. Give them due that they're trying. But they're still trying. And a long time has gone. And they're still trying. And these people made a decision. They gave it up. So he said, no, no, I want, I want to give it up. So very good. So after about a week, he came back. He says, no, this is very difficult. Why so difficult? He says, no, this cravings and whatever else. He said, well, obviously, something that has been in the system for so long, and you were so habitually engaging in it for such a long time, so now in the U-turn there's going to be some grinding and screeching little bit. But now you've made the effort already for one week, you'll get past this. So he says, but it's very tough. He said, okay, very good. But you are only focusing on one aspect right now. There's a mujahada. It's definitely a mujahada. But bear in mind that this is not just something that will take you to giving up a single bad habit. You are making this mujahada for the sake of giving up smoking. But what it's doing for you is, and this is the point that we started off at, this is building a capacity of mujahada in you. So this is one aspect you're focusing on now, and you've made a determination, that I want to give it up, mashallah, you made the decision and you threw it away, and now one week has passed, and now you're struggling, because it'll take, normally they say it's about two to three weeks before a person has now, so to say, turned the corner, and he now starts recovering from the situation. So it's a mujahada, definitely. But you are looking at it just in one direction, that it is a mujahada for one single aspect. It's not just one single aspect. Yes, that's your present focus. That's your current target. But in this process, there's a capacity of mujahada that is developing. And now you scan your life, how many other things need that mujahada as well? So when you will go through this, the second target that you will set, inshallah, will be a very easy thing to get past. Because the capacity of the mujahada has been developed. And your heart has been strengthened to take on that, that pressure, that come what may, I'm not going to give in, I'm not going to submit. Now this was 
a comparatively comparatively minor aspect comparatively for example compared to the evil of watching filth compared to that evil this was comparatively minor but it required this mujahada but now you made this mujahada Allah forbid if you are caught up in that inshallah that mujahada will become very easy to get past that and throw that phone away also like you threw the cigarette away and whatever other equipment nowadays talk about smoking and people say no more no more smoke also you can't even see the smoke so the mujahada that is being made for this one aspect is not confined to this that mujahada is going to be inshallah benefiting you across the board so like this mujahada didn't go to waste and meaning that it just only achieved one single purpose no it wasn't just one single purpose that it achieved the benefit was very far very deep he didn't even realize what it achieved he didn't realize what strength it built up within him to be able to overcome so many things so likewise the discussions of deen the talks of deen etc we listen sometimes to a half an hour talk a one hour talk sometimes we listen to several talks in one day and so many things will come around so if the niyat was right the talab was there the benefit will be in the system whether we remembered it didn't remember it some we remembered most we forgot but these are the two essential aspects the niyat the talab sometimes it is a matter of just marking the register ticking the box well and some people says no I had to come now why you had to come what do you mean you had to come you're an adult now what do you mean you had to come says no my family made sure I came so mashallah some people are they packed off you make sure you go you got no choice in the matter so Allah knows best what's going on there so they were sent they didn't come as they say ye qadam uthte nahi uthaye jate hai so now somebody ye khud baagte nahi bagaye jate hai so they don't come alone they sent so the point is that whatever the person's real uh, or the background might have been to correct that intention to refresh the intention and make it sincere for Allah Ta'ala and to have the genuine talab with this that benefit will come in any case we have one malfuzia today of our Shaykh Hazrat Shah Hakim Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullahi and this too is part of the same mujahada that we have been discussing nafs se jihad karne walo ki kamyabi the success of those who are striving against the nafs they're making this jihad against the nafs meaning how they're going to become successful what is going to be the means of gaining this success now this is a very common issue that people come and present that I make toba and then I try to stay steadfast but then I slip and fall again and then I make toba again so now how to get past this? So this is the aspect that Hazrat is explaining here. Irshad farmaya ke jin ke irade bar bar tootte ho, jo Allah ke raaste mein darmanda wa aajis pare ho, maghloob ho rahe ho, nafs wa shaitan ki kushti mein bar bar haar rahe ho, wo khaja sahab rahmatullah alayka ya shir sun le. Hazrat says that those whose their determinations keep breaking, and in the path of gaining closeness to Allah Ta'ala, they keep 
sometimes getting trampled, they're getting overpowered. In this wrestle with nafs and shaitan, they are often being dropped. So now sometimes, shaitan uses this to further, one is, he trapped the person in the trap of some wrong, but then the bigger trap he then brings up is the trap of despondency. So one was the trap of that sin, and then the trap of despondency. Now well, this is 20 times, 50 times that now the same thing has happened. So what's the point now? So what's the point in trying? So now one simple aspect to bear in mind or to, to understand and remember, that life we have no idea what's the last moment, that will, when the last moment will come, when a person will suddenly have to meet Allah Ta'ala. Malakul Maut will be there to take his ruh away. Now supposing he faulted hundred times, and hundred times he made Tawbah, and again faulted, so now he said hundred and one times. And I said hundred and one times, what's the point? He said, it doesn't matter what's the point. I have to make Tawbah sincerely. So he made Tawbah sincerely. Now, for example, every time he makes Tawbah, and barely one week has passed, and again he's fallen. A hundred weeks went like this. So now he made Tawbah again. It doesn't matter hundred and one time I made Tawbah again. But now before the next fall, life came to an end, he passed away. So did he pass away on Toba or what? He passed away on Toba. This morning we discussed one incident in the Hadith Sharif. There was one person who used to be a singer. In the time of the Tabi'een, he was a, became a very great alim and scholar of the time thereafter. So he was a singer. Zazan and now one day he's busy entertaining his friends who are busy drinking also and he's singing away and the great sahabi Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala happened to pass by so now he just overheard this person now as now the voice travels so he just heard this person singing so he made a comment and he said what a wonderful voice this person has been blessed with had it only been used to recite the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. That this is a na'mat of Allah Ta'ala to be blessed with a beautiful voice, but then the application and the place to use that is to recite Allah Ta'ala's kalam. Now this is getting wasted in this haram. So now he made this statement. What a wonderful voice had it only been used to recite the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. He heard some comment being made. So he asked his friends around who were involved in whatever they were, that who is this person going by? So some knew him. They said, this is the Sahabi of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala. This was long after Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's time. He said, well, then what did he say? He said, well, this is what he said. He said, what a wonderful voice had it only been used to recite Allah Ta'ala's kalam. Now that struck him. Something hit his heart. So when it hit his heart, the first thing he did was, musical instrument that he was playing while he was singing he immediately broke it he knocked it on the ground and broke it and then he ran across and he went and hugged Abdullah bin Mas'ud and he began weeping and making toba. so Abdullah bin Mas'ud a great sahabi of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
He is that Sahabi who received the endorsement of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That Raditu li ummati ma radiya laha ibn ummi abdin. I am pleased for my ummah with that which Abdullah bin Mas'ud is pleased. Meaning, I am so confident that he will only tell them what I am pleased with. He will only guide people towards that which he has learned from me. And which he has understood from me. So such a great endorsement and such a great personality among the four Qurra who Nabi Wasallam gave them the qualification of Qurra that learned Quran from these four Sahaba first on the list he mentioned Abdullah bin Mas'ud so now he went and he grabbed him and he's weeping and crying Abdullah bin Mas'ud also embraced him and he started crying as well and then he replied he said why should I not love that person whom Allah Ta'ala loves why should I not love the person whom Allah Ta'ala loves, what he was referring to is the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala loves those who repent. So he's just repented. He's just made tawbah. So Allah loves him. So when Allah loves him, why should I not love him? Now there is no precondition that provided that the tawbah was made before it hit the hundred mark, then only this tawbah is going to be accepted, or before it hit the fifty mark, like fifty times now, then finish now, no more toba. So the point is that this is shaitan's trap. To start off with, a person should never take sin lightly and never ever commit sin that on the note of I'll make toba later. That is very dangerous. That then, a person now when he commits one sin on that note, I'll make toba later, he says, okay, just do it ten times first and then make toba. That's the next thought comes to his mind. Okay, just leave it for this week now. And oh, a little bit more, 15 Shaban is coming. But by that time, he's so seeped into it, the thought of Toba also disappears from the mind. And the other is, the person is genuinely, sincerely making Toba, and part of that Toba is the firm resolution not to go back to that sin. Part of the Toba is that there is real remorse and regret. There is a pain in the heart over what has happened. And then Allah forbid in a moment something happened and he fell again. It must be Toba again. So now this is the message that is being discussed here. That it says that the person who is trying and over and over again he's falling and he's making sincere Toba. So there is one couplet of Hazrat Khaja Aziz Hassan Majub Rahmatullah Alayhi says he must if he starts feeling despondent then he must read this so what Khaja Sahib says is he was a very great personality in his own right one of the very senior Khulafa of Hazrat Thanwi Rahmatullah Alayhi he says chit kar sake nafs ke pehlwaku to yu haat pao bhi dhile na dale are isse kushti to hai umar bhar ki kabhi wo dabale kabhi tu dabale See, if you can't floor this wrestler of the nafs, in other words, you are in this wrestling match with nafs. So if you can't drop this nafs down, then you also don't just stand just helplessly. Meaning, if you can't get drop him down, so don't just give up. That, well, I tried so long to drop him and floor him and 
overpower him and completely finish him off. So if I didn't manage to do that, so don't think, well, if I can't do that yet, so fine, give up. Don't give up. So you heart power with dhele na dale. Don't just stand now helplessly and just give up. Thereafter he says that this wrestling with the nafs is going to carry on lifelong. Don't think it will stop at any point. This is a lifelong wrestle. And in this, sometimes he may overpower you, but if you keep fighting, you will also overpower him. But if you stand by helplessly, then you're gone. So the point is that there's no point that a person can give up the fight. But if he continues giving fighting back, then he'll strengthen with time. And the number of times that he was being wrestled down by nafs, that will start decreasing. And he'll be more stronger against it as time goes. And inshallah time will come when he will subdue that nafs. But the point is that there is no point in time that he can stop the fight that I, hundred times now, what's the point in carrying on now? Then that's where shaitan has won. That's where nafs has taken over. The ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, وَعْبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينِ Allah Ta'ala فرماتے کہ تمہارے نفس کا جہاد اور تمہاری بندگی کے فرائض موت تک ہے. That worship Allah Ta'ala, part of this worshiping Allah Ta'ala, is this jihad against the nafs. This is the servitude to Allah Ta'ala. That a person constantly strives against nafs and shaitan. It's part of his servitude to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala says that this will continue until death comes to you. You must continue with it until death comes. Till death, continue fighting and battling against the nafs. But then there's a very great matter that is being discussed. Jo zindagi bar nafs se larta rahega aur buzurgane deen wa mashayikh se nafs se kushti ke dao pej bhi sikta rahega aur unse duaye bhi karata rahega Allah says that the person who lifelong continues to fight against the nafs and he continues to learn how to learn the tricks of how to overpower nafs from the ahlullah because everything has to be learned. There are things that will help a person to overcome the nafs. Many a person sometimes, for example, gets very perturbed. These are all common things. Very perturbed with the wasawis that come to mind. Says, but this really becomes a bother. So now, because the person never learned, that the most effective ilaj of the wasawis is to ignore it. So he says, but how can you ignore it? It's coming to mind. So that's the point to learn again. That ignoring it doesn't mean now, like you just now try to be neutral. Like now the car is going in reverse, so now you try to just bring it into neutral. That neutral car also can roll backwards. So the mind is such that it cannot focus on two separate things totally at the same time. So if a person actively moves his mind away, and besides the wasawis of all other kinds of things, all the evil thoughts that shaitan whispers in the mind of a person to try and distract him, all come in the same thing. 
So a person deliberately and consciously takes his mind away. Starts imagining, imagining what? Imagining his own death suddenly. I'm about to pass away. What's going to be my halat? He's imagining the grave. Imagining the day of qiyamat. Or he's trying to visualize, we can never ever visualize the reality, but some kind of idea of a fire of jahannam, now which shakes his heart. It's impossible at that moment in time, while he's focusing in this direction, that those wasawis will remain. If he's turned his heart and mind in this direction completely, that will be gone. It's not possible to remain simultaneously. Yes, initially, it might be that his heart doesn't want to go. He's going to have to force it to go in that direction. Now this is as simple as that, to ignore those wasawis. But now there's something to be learned. Now the person has learned, okay, this is how to deal with it. So now he starts practicing it, and in time he gets the hang of it. He's overcome something that was like becoming an impossible thing for him. It was sounding like this is an... He just cannot overcome this matter. This is too much for him. And now with a little bit of practice, having learned what's to be done, he overcame it. Now he says, well, alhamdulillah, all passed, everything's over. So this is a very important aspect that we have to learn what is the manner of dealing with these issues. And that is why we have to keep connected somewhere where we can then inquire, find out that these are the things that I am battling with, this is the obstacles I am finding in my life, this is what I am just going in the same circle. So now there are sometimes some very, very simple things that we go to just adopt and inshallah we will get past it with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala. So now Hazrat says that the person who continues fighting against his nafs lifelong and he learns from the mashayikh how to undertake this wrestle. And what are the tricks involved in winning this fight? And he also takes their du'as. So Hakim al-Ummat rahmatullahi ne bare dard se farmaya. Ke inshallah, aakhiri wakt mein Allah ta'ala usko nafs wa shaitan par ghalib karke. Uske qalb se dunya ke tamam ta'alluqat ko maghloob karke. Or apni mahabbat ko ghalib karke iman ke saath utha lenge. So the thing was that he, number one, continues the fight. He doesn't give in. He doesn't now just leave his hands down. There's no point in continuing this fight. Number one, the fight continues. And number two, he is also learning how to, how to become powerful over his enemy. Anafs and shaitan. What are the tricks to get past them? The simple ilaj, tricks meaning the simple procedures to adopt and how to try and overcome their the mischief of nafs and shaitan. And he takes the du'as of the pious. But the first thing was, the fight never stops. The fight against nafs and shaitan, another word for this fight is mujahada. That mujahada never stops. So when this will be the case, this is Hakim al with a very great, with fervor he said this, but a dard deep down, very heartfelt plea he made and he said that inshallah, if this person continues in this manner what was described then in the last moment of life he is carrying on this battle, he is just not finishing off 
and he's struggling against the nafs in this manner. But he's sincere and his toba is genuine. His toba is not this lip service. The toba is that remorse and regret in the heart which is an essential ingredient of toba. There's genuine remorse. And there is this firm resolution. What tomorrow holds, Allah knows. But his resolve is genuine. Then in the last moment of life also, if this battle continued, sometimes he's getting flawed and sometimes he's flooring the nafs and shaitan. But in the last moment of life, Allah Ta'ala will remove all these aspects out of his heart. Allah Ta'ala will remove this dominance of nafs and shaitan. Remove all the things of dunya out of his heart. Allah Ta'ala will make his own mahabba and his love dominate in his heart and then take him with perfect iman. So, that last moment, that is the moment that counts. So now the person had his ups and downs, but he remained steadfast in keeping that mujahada going. He never gave up. And he did what he had to do in learning, trying to find out what's to be done, taking du'as. So inshallah, that last moment is what counts. <coughs> that fight of his will show its colors at that moment. <coughs> so, So this is the ongoing effort that has to be made in order to overcome this enemy of nafs and likewise the enemy of shaitan that keeps taking us away from Allah Ta'ala. This is the same theme that is in the second malfuz as well. Nafs or shaitan ko shikas dene ka nuskha. That what is the prescription of how to overcome nafs and shaitan? So now there are several points that are mentioned here, again all very simple things. And this is sometimes where we get deceived. Because how simple something is, so now we say no, so simple, so no need to, because this can't be so effective. One person, actually a doctor, says that sometimes some people come, after having checked the person out, he can see there's really nothing, nothing wrong. But despite the fact that he's seen nothing wrong, he still gives the person some kind of some vitamins or something and says, okay, take it and go. He said, but why? He says, if he doesn't pay for something and go, he'll never feel well. Because for free, then he can't be good. So now if he doesn't, so now I sold him something, this will help him in any case, not no harm in it, but because he had to pay for something, and now he'll take it. If I gave it to him for free also, he might not even take it. Because for free, so it can't be good. So now that he paid for it, now he'll feel, okay, this is something benefiting me. Now that pain is gone, you know, there was no pain to start off with. It all was in his mind. They call it psychosomatic, long, long words. So maybe just the word also might make the person feel more sick about it. The point is, that many times there are simple things, very simple things which have deep effect. But because it is so simple, we take it for granted. It's a simple thing, okay. So it's so simple, I'll do it tomorrow now. Tell the person, okay, need 50 rakats now. So he says, okay, now I have to do this now maybe. But the simple thing is he'll do tomorrow. Then tomorrow becomes tomorrow again. It never happens. 
So these simple things are to be undertaken. Prescription is to be taken. So these are simple things that we are being prescribed with, we are being advised with. Rishad Farmaya, do nafso shaitan se shikas khurda ho rahao. The person who is being constantly defeated by nafs and shaitan. Usse guna na chut rahe ho. He just can't seem to leave his sins. O chan kaam kar le. Because the root of all our problems is sin. This is the root of everything. Whatever we seem to be battling with, in terms of the consequences that we are finding problems upon problems in so many different ways, whether it is the lack of any peace and happiness, there's no tranquility, there's no peace, whether it's in a home, whether it's in wherever, whether it is financial issues, whether it is... The Qur'an Sharif has spelled all this out. It's all what we have done with our hands, our actions. We should never ever, though this is a reality, but not for us to try and appease ourselves with that, that what I'm going through, well this is just a test. So inshallah, I'll pass this test. It may very well just be that. Allah Ta'ala will test who He wants also. But we shouldn't go down that route for ourselves. That is what we should look at everybody else with that eye. This person is being tested, Allah Ta'ala removes this test, Allah Ta'ala grant afiyat. This is meant to raise his position and status. It will become a means of forgiveness of his sins also. This is something that will bring him great qurb and closeness to Allah Ta'ala. For everybody else, that is always the mindset must be there. And never to look down upon anybody or think in the manner that, well, this is, the person now is suffering the consequences of this, what he did or that, what he did. We have no basis to make that judgment that what is coming upon somebody is due to what? Whatever wrong action was wrong. The wrong action can never become right. Something wrong was wrong. But when he made toba from that, we don't know. Or what is in his heart, we have no idea. So whether that is the reason for something happening to him, we got no basis to make that call. But for ourselves, we know what is in our life. We know what is in our heart. We know our intentions. We know our, where our eyes are looking. We know what our ears are listening to. What kind of tongue we have. What kind of thoughts we deliberately harbor. What kind of malice there might be there. What kind of jealousy is in the heart. And all the other pride and arrogance. How much of that is lurking in there and so many other ailments, we know ourselves. So we should attribute any difficulty that comes to ourselves as our own doing. And that should spur us to Tawbah. Allah Ta'ala says we will give them this little thing to taste, the little punishment, not the big punishment. Why? This is meant to bring them back. This should make us hasten towards salah, hasten towards dua, hasten towards amal. Things are getting jammed up somewhere, there's some problem somewhere, things are happening, we should turn to Allah Ta'ala. There might be things to address, we might have long complaints as well. But have we first made sincere tawbah? Have we first made salatu tawbah, beg Allah's forgiveness, introspect? Is this my own doing? Is this my own doing? 
and our heart will 99.99% of the time testify, yes, it's my own doing. Allah Ta'ala's test come as well, but this is for my personal self, that must always be the way I look at things. With regards to everybody else, that's the point to now look at everybody with that. This is a test. Allah Ta'ala grant afiyat. Allah Ta'ala remove this difficulty. So, in any case, the person who is having this ongoing battle and he keeps getting defeated by nafs and shaitan, but he's fighting on, but this is ongoing, he's going round and round in that circle. So, what is he to do? So, there are some prescriptions. Number one, kisi Allah wale se, Allah walo ke ghulamo se kuch Allah ka naam lena seek le. They go to the Allah walas and learn how to take the name of Allah Ta'ala. The zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Now in this is two things. Going to the pious people and learning to take the name of Allah Ta'ala. So there's the lesson of sohbat in here also. That be in the company of the righteous and pious. And Allah Ta'ala servants, Allah will keep them all over the place. It's for us to seek them out. And we can't find somebody like that. Prophet says then Allah walo ke ghulamo se. Those who have been their servants. So go to them and learn how to take the name of Allah Ta'ala. The dhikr of Allah Ta'ala is very often taken lightly. If I did it, mashallah, very good thing. If I didn't do it, ongoing discussion. This is as essential as daily how we eat. And despite the fact that we, when a person is fasting, he manages, mashallah, he makes seri early in the morning. If it's a long summer day's fast, he makes seri and then he manages the whole day, he then eats iftar time. Because he's fasting, alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala gives him that strength as well. But when a person is not fasting, he had a later breakfast. Seri to he had in the morning, it was summer, so now seri he had at 3 o'clock. But now when he's not fasting, he had breakfast at 7 o'clock. But by the time it's one o'clock, he's already hungry. And if that food is delayed, then they, for some reason, I don't know why, there's no reason for it, but they say a hungry man is an angry man. Why? Which kitab this came from? They say the Lal Kitab. Page number what? They say the Lal Kitab with no pages. So which, which book this came from? That the hungry man is an angry man. The book that Nabi Salaam taught us with, even the hungry man is a patient man. We've been taught sabr. So which book this came from? The book that Nabi Islam taught us is that man ala The one who suppresses his anger where he can vent it. So you don't know a hungry man is angry man. Where this came from? At the most maybe we really go deep down and search it and find it somewhere in the statement of some kafir. But we use it to justify ourselves. And Nabi Islam's statements we forgot. That man kazamahiran wahu akadirun ala infadihi mala allahu kalbahu amnan wa imana. The person who can vent his anger. Where he can vent it? Vent it on his boss? He loses his job. So mashallah, there he is very much in control. He can vent it on somebody outside there who is now looking for a fight. No, no, mashallah, he, he can control his anger there. But he can vent it on people around him who are more weaker than him, his wife, his subordinates, those who are his juniors. The person who 
suppresses the anger where he can vent it. Allah Ta'ala will fill his heart. With peace and with iman. That he forgot. One kafir statement he remembered. The hungry man is an angry man. The ummati of Nabi Islam, he'll say hungry man to his patient. So in any case, this doesn't mean that he should be deliberately kept hungry in case somebody else is listening also. So now, there's two sides of the coin. Things happen, sometimes things get delayed, but there shouldn't be this ongoing neglect of things. Because now somebody is so caught up in, on the social media, so now things are getting delayed. That is now obviously a serious matter. That's what then causes so many issues. This addiction to the phone is unfortunately across the board. Men, women, youngsters, elders, and Allah forbid what, what problems it is causing in so many things, the neglect of children that results as a, due to this addiction to the phone, addiction to social media, neglect of both spouses are guilty of neglect of each other. So many things, this has become the constant companion. And Allah forbid sometimes the worst friend a person can have. Like they say, the book is a man's friend. It can be his good friend, it can be the worst friend. But far worse than any book is now the phone. If it's used wrongly, it can become his worst enemy. So in any case, the point was, drifted from some point, what was that? Zikr of Allah wa ta'ala ji. So the zikr is just as now that we are talking about that when he had breakfast, five hours later he is hungry. He doesn't say, well, he ate yesterday. Forget he ate yesterday, he ate this morning already. But he still wants a lunch. And then he had lunch, but he still wants to have supper also. You see, well, he had lunch already. So for this physical nourishment, there is no cutting corners. And we want it with all the extras as well. For the spiritual nourishment, the zikr is essential. The zikr, like a person cannot do without his physical nourishment, that must be the way in which he deals with zikr. Come what may, that he is now, it's a weekday or a weekend, or wherever he is, but he should be trying his something beyond his control, sickness, etc. Obviously he's excused in that. But then too he should try to do something. So the first aspect that is mentioned here is Allah ka naam lena sikho. To take the name of Allah Ta'ala, meaning zikr. Zikr not just confined to some ma'amulat only, but together with that, how to keep the day alive with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. How to keep the heart alive with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. The zikr of Allah Ta'ala is sometimes verbal. And the zikr of Allah Ta'ala is non-verbal as well. This, the muraqabas, which are part of zikr, and very effective zikr. There's the manner in which a person, he, what he brings to his heart in a particular situation, that becomes zikr. For example, a person is walking down the road, and suddenly he realized that some na-maharams of mumun is coming from the opposite end. So out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala, he immediately lowered his gaze out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. 
he's in that office and whoever else is there but out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala he didn't interact with somebody who he's not supposed to interact with and he didn't cross any line now see now everything becomes work everything becomes work and now what has become part of work Allah forbid what has become part of work how you spend the weekend that become part of work and now he's giving his weekend stories that has become part of work and then the weekend stories then one thing this is all shaitan's handiwork and now work what is work and what is shaitan's work and unfortunately the communication now is no more confined to the office space now because now everybody has to be not just on work on work groups so now he's on work groups now now work groups now who? so now he's communicating with all the females now and now he's what's work and what's shaitan's work Allah is all aware these are very very dangerous situations you see when the mud is thick even the elephant can slip the elephant is a huge animal very sturdy how thick those legs are so generally elephant doesn't slip anywhere but when the mud is thick and even the elephant can slip shouldn't take chances and these are situations which are very very dangerous because familiarity one statement is familiarity breeds contempt it can it can become the case when a person becomes too familiar with somebody then now some slight things also start creating and likewise familiarity opens the door to sin because now the person becomes casual there was first formality from formality it became familiarity and familiarity then informality and from informality Allah forbid what happened then abnormality so these are dangerous situations a person should always be conscious of Allah Ta'ala and when looking left and right nobody is checking first look in the heart am I knowing what I am doing and look around just look on our shoulders also kiraman katibin ya'alamuna ma taf'alun they know what we are doing so to be conscious of Allah Ta'ala so this is the first aspect just to mention the others the second is qabr ka muraqaba kare daily dedicate a time to meditate about the grave what's going to happen in the grave number teen qiyamat ki peshi ko yaad kare that remember I'm going to have to answer on the day of qiyamat and when Allah Ta'ala will ask me that how did you use all your limbs how did you use your eyes how did you use your ears your tongue your hands how did you use your body Allah will ask about it what question what answer I'm going to give to this question likewise number four jiski taraf nafsani melan ho if there is some illicit inclination towards somebody then think about that person decomposing body in the grave as well and think about the 10,000 ants that are now consuming this entire body up and the worms that are all over the place la ilaha illallah ka dhikr bhi karo so one is dhikr in general the dhikr of la ilaha illallah this is an extremely effective dhikr of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala this done consciously this brings tremendous strength to the heart and it becomes a means of strengthening one against the, the, the 
fight of nafs and shaitan, the attacks of nafs and shaitan. These are the points that Hazrat mentioned, inshallah Allah give us tawfiq, that we undertake all these aspects. So the things that we mentioned was the zikr of Allah Ta'ala in general, the sohbat of the pious, the meditation of the qabr, the meditation about the presenting on the day of Tiamat, and likewise, if Allah forbid there is some illicit inclination of somebody, then to meditate about that person's decomposing body in the grave. And the thousands of ants and worms that are crawling all over. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. We'll decide the durud and salam now. And then the zikr and dua later inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Salamun ala ibadihi alladheen astafa. Salamun ala al-mursaleen. اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد وأنزله المقعد المقرب عندك اللهم رب هذه الدعوة القائمة والصلاة النافعة صل على محمد وارض عني رضا لا تسخط بعده أبدا اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد ورحم محمد وآل محمد كما صليت وبارك ورحمت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وأزواجه وذريته كما صليت على آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى أزواجه وذريته كما صليت على آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى أزواجه وذريته كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد 
اللهم صل على محمد النبي وأزواجه أمهات المؤمنين وذريته وأهل بيته كما صليت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وترحم على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما ترحمت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ترحم على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما ترحمت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم تحنن على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما تحنن أنت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم سلم على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما سلمت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد وبارك وسلم على محمد وعلى آل محمد ورحم محمد وآل محمد كما صليت وبارك وترحمت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك كما صليت على آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وبارك على محمد النبي الأمي كما باركت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك النبي الأمي وعلى آل محمد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد صلاة تكون لك رضا وله جزاء ولحقه أداء وأعطه الوسيلة والفضيلة والمقام المحمود الذي وعدته واجزه عنا ما هو أهله واجزه أفضل ما جازيت نبيا عن قومه ورسولا عن أمته وصل على جميع إخوانه من النبيين والصالحين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم صل على محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى أهل بيته كما صليت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل علينا معهم اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى على أهل بيته كما باركت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك علينا معهم صلوات الله وصلوات المؤمنين على محمد النبي الأمي اللهم اجعل صلواتك ورحمتك وبركاتك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما جعلتها على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وصلى الله على النبي الأمي 
التحيات لله والصلوات والطيبات السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله التحيات الطيبات صلوات لله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله التحيات لله الطيبات صلوات لله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله التحيات المباركات صلوات الطيبات لله سلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته سلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله بسم الله وبالله التحيات لله والصلوات والطيبات السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أسأل الله الجنة وأعوذ بالله من النار نسأل الله الجنة ونعوذ بالله من النار التحيات لله الزاكيات لله الطيبات الصلوات لله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله بسم الله وبالله خير الأسماء التحيات الطيبات الصلوات لله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا وأن الساعة آتية لا ريب فيها السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين اللهم اغفر لي وهدني اللهم اغفر لنا وهدنا التحيات الطيبات والصلوات والملك لله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله التحيات لله الصلوات لله الزاكيات لله السلام على النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين شهدت أن لا إله إلا الله شهدت أن محمد رسول الله التحيات الطيبات صلوات الزاكيات لله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين التحيات الطيبات صلوات الزاكيات لله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين التحيات الصلوات لله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين التحيات لله الصلوات الطيبات السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله التحيات المباركات الصلوات الطيبات لله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا رسول الله بسم الله والسلام على رسول الله